Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast. My name is Jesse Ellertson, and this is a podcast for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of frequent deployments and trainings, but want to stop feeling mentally miserable in the process. You know what to do, and you're doing it, all while holding down the fort at home. But you are weary from living in survival mode and battling with your brain. If you are ready to thrive, then you are in the right place. This is episode five, a coaching call with a military wife. And I got permission from a client that I have to edit and publish a recorded coaching call that we did together where I coached her on a situation that she had with her husband who was deployed and was able to come home for just a short amount of time before going back to Iraq and how parts of it went great and parts of it went really poorly. And I edited some things out of the call that either were unnecessary or maybe too private and I edited out her name and her husband's name. So there's a few parts of this that might seem a little choppy, but just know I was cutting out something that didn't need to be on here. So I hope you enjoy this example of what it looks like to be coached. And I want to give a big thank you to my client who was willing to share because we can really benefit from our own coaching and from listening to other people getting coached. So here it is. Okay, do you know what you want to get coached on today, or do you want to kind of discuss a few things first? Um, no, I I know. I like I have plenty of things to get coached. Plenty of on. things. Oh, me too. <laughs> but, but no, what this one I with? think I was kind of on the top of the list just because it kind of is like I don't know. It encompasses like everything. <laughs> sure. So, um, okay, so. Um, how do you want me to start out just like explaining the situation? Yeah, you just tell okay. me about your problem. Don't worry at all about the model or anything. You and I will get it organized into the model together. As you know, he left on his deployment and, you know, things just were not that great when he left. Like he, I started to realize what happens is like when he's feeling emotions he doesn't know how to deal with. Mm-hmm. His way to deal with them is to put them on me, like to get mm-hmm. mad at me or over something. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and normally like, yeah, I take that on myself. Like, well, yeah, this is, everything's my fault. <laughs> like right. I, that was my role. I accepted. And, and where I've not started to not accept that anymore, it would get him angry because he didn't know what to do with these emotions that I would just take for him all mm-hmm. these years. And so he's stuck with it. He's upset. He's mad. And I won't like, you know, take the blame for them any longer. So it makes him even more mad. So that's kind of where we ended when he left because he was upset about leaving and he kept getting mad at me over the smallest things. And Mm -hmm. I kept saying, you know, do you see, do you see this? Like how the, the overreaction that's occurring over the small thing, look at your anger level. (laughs) Like it doesn't, it doesn't match. Like the small thing I did does not match your anger level. Like I the level. Yeah your anger is, is it a, I think you're getting angry over something else. So he, since he's been gone, he has like been amazing and he has mm-hmm. like worked his tail off and admitted to so many things and been so awesome. And we're just getting somewhere. And I, I started to get excited again about things. Mm-hmm. And then he came home Well, he went to Arizona for that training in, April, right. um, in March. And it was so great. Like I, I got babysitters for all the kids and I went down there for a week. And we had a few little hiccups, but for the most part, we had a great time. Mm. And then on the way back, he was, he had a layover in Salt Lake for one hour. And so he was home. I mean, I'm sorry for 24 hours. So one day, mm. so he came home and it was great. The kids were surprised. It was amazing. 
Um, but then he had to leave that next day at 12. And so he woke up really early and I hear like these footsteps on the roof and he's like going crazy, like tearing Christmas lights off the house. He's so mad. Like, why are these lights not off the house yet? Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, look at the other neighbor's lights aren't off either. And their husbands are actually like living with in him the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's going to the garage, just like so mad and going through like everything. And he comes upstairs and he's like, what? you haven't done this. You haven't done that. I mean, and he's just reaming me out. Mm. And, and the, I guess the disappointing thing was before he came, there was a ton of stuff that I hadn't done that he wanted done. Mm-hmm. And I made a huge list and I would be up in the night till two in the morning, getting all these things done that I knew were important to him mm-hmm. for like a, a week. I did that. He did not notice one thing mm-hmm. I did that he wanted done, but he mm-hmm. found like the bajillion of uh, these other little things that honestly didn't even matter. They were like, right. there's no damage, like nothing. And so it, it <laughs> so I felt like, oh my gosh, it, we, we just like went way back to zero again, if not even a little bit further back because mm. he was, he was so mean and he was so angry and he was so mad. And after he left, I'm like, well, there it is again. It's that emotion. Like he doesn't know what to do with it. He's upset. He doesn't want to leave back to Iraq again. Right. And so he's trying to find reasons like instead of him owning it and dealing with it, like no, it's just easier to make my wife feel horrible. It makes me feel better to see her look, feel bad. <laughs> and so then he left again and we're all, you know, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I, I'm scared of him. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared of what he's going to do. If, if he's feeling uncomfortable with life or whatever, then I'm, I have to pay for it. Mm. And so since that happened, again, he's apologetic. He's so sorry. He's meeting with a counselor. He's trying to, you know, deal with things better. And we've been reading this marriage book together. Right. I mean, it's been a full-time job. I won't lie. Like right. I, I spend so many days reading all this book and then we talk about it and um, I'm, I'm exhausted. Right. <laughs> but, but it has to be done. It just has to be done. And he's willing to do whatever he has to do. And he recognized how horrible that was. And so I guess my problem is like here, we're both trying, right? Like he is trying and I know he is, and he's going to have these mess ups. I know, you know, that's just what's going to happen. But my problem is like, I'm in a place now where I am so defensive. Mm -hmm. I'm scared. Mm -hmm. I, and so anything like, so let's say he suggests something like immediately I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble now. Mm -hmm. That's that defensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I get um, distant and just like want to be away from him. Like I, it's, he's to me, it's like dangerous being around him. And so I just feel distant and, and I don't, I don't want to be in that place. Like when he comes mm. back, I want to have my thoughts in a different place where I can not feel all those feelings. I can allow him to like, you know, look, do your thing, whatever. I, right. I, I understand that this is going to happen until we like recover from all this. But but that's not what I do. (laughs) I I freak out. Like I, my anxiety hits the roof. I get scared. I sense danger. I want to run. Um, and I don't want to be anywhere near him. And that is not helping him. Mm. It's not helping me. And so I'm just trying to take that approach of, okay, look, I've come to the realization that this is not me anymore. Like I, cause I used to believe it was me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, it's not me. Okay. I know that it's, it's him. Um, 
And so, but I, but when it happens in the reality of it, it's like my, my brain is like, no, it is you. It is you. (laughs) Take, take this on, take this, take his, take his pain away from him and you, you carry it for him. This is a really powerful pattern for you that has developed over all these years. And so even though logically you completely understand what you need to do, what he needs to do when you're in the heat of the moment, that subconscious pattern just takes over. Nope. That's your responsibility. It's your job. It's your fault. It's your, you know, all those things. And then you just, you go immediately to the runaway (laughs) fight or flight, right? Yeah. Oh, so we don't want to feel this way anymore, right? So let's no. Let's get so right into kind of what's happening in your unintentional model that that process that's playing out that's so powerful for you that is not working. For you. That's what I want to get into today, mostly. Okay. Awesome. Um. So we can work a model over kind of the general issue at hand, or we can, it can be really helpful. And I love that you already gave me this example of a time when it played out recently, like the Christmas lights or, you know, that scenario. Are you okay with running a model on that specific example? Sure. Okay. So, um, in your circumstance, you know, we have to keep it factual and neutral. And one, one way we can do that is just say like, I'm married can say there was home for 24 hours, or we can say, you know, we can list something like that, but we can also say something very specific and exact that he said to you that might have triggered kind of this flight, fight or flight for you. So we can say like, husband said, why haven't you taken care of any of this? Like we can put that in your circumstance line because it's something, it has to be exactly what he said to you. So do you want to do something more like that? Let's see. I, you know what? I like husband was home for 24 hours. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause that because... kind of displays the urgency and... Okay. And that is very factual. Husband was home, was in country and at home for 24 uh-huh. hours. Yeah. At home for just this quick time. Okay. And then um, I want to go next to a couple of feelings that you've been talking about. And are you familiar with the concept of like a brain dump where you just kind of like say everything you're thinking and feeling about your problem, which is what you just did. And that's so perfect because what I'm doing over here is just taking a few notes of some feelings and some thoughts that I'm hearing so that we can reference them as we go throughout your coaching call. Um, So I, a few feelings that have have stood out to me and I want to see, we're going to just actually pick one to work on today, even though there are, there are more than one that play out in different models within this same issue. Um, definitely anxiety was mentioned several times and resentment you said just once but I think it's in there a little bit um, I also like the one exhausted like you're exhausted I don't I don't think exhausted has to play into kind of his maybe his overreaction and also if you're okay if I say this your overreaction like yeah he did oh, something sure. kind of crazy and you went to I'm in danger which is also kind of an overreaction right definitely. so um exhausted I think plays out in the like we have to work on our marriage and it's taking so much time and it's exhausting. And so that, that one's in there, but not in this model, probably um, okay. defensive and scared are the ones that are kind of sticking out to me in this model or, or anxiety. Um, but I think just think of that heat of the moment. And I think those two were playing out for you of, I immediately need to be defensive of my behavior and my actions. And, and look, I did all the other things that you didn't even notice, or mm-hmm. I'm scared. Like there's danger here. So which one of those are the two I'm leaning towards and let's just pick one to work on today. Okay. Well, I think defensive is good because I think if I, if I can get over being defensive, I won't be scared. Right. Like I, yeah, I won't feel that scared feeling if I feel like, Oh, I have to protect myself. Like, right. just be like, okay, 
don't, you don't need to defend yourself. You're yeah, not in danger. No problem here. They kind of go side to side a little bit kind of, right? Cause yeah, I, they're very, yeah. very close. And I think that it would be very helpful for you to, to play out scared in a different model that you're going to see is quite okay. similar to this one we're going to run, but you're going to okay. say, okay, what thoughts am I thinking that are leading me to feel scared? And it might be the ones like just as simple as I'm in danger. And again, logically okay. you understand like you're not literally in danger, like for your life, fear for your life, right? But your brain that is trying to keep you safe is saying like, there's a big problem here and we're in danger and that leads you to that scared feeling. So it's going to be exactly. a similar model, but you could, you can really find some good nuggets in there too. So I'd encourage you to run that one side by side by side, you know, when you're, when you're ready, but let's okay. go with defensive today because I can see you're seeing his big overreaction. He's probably feeling defensive as well. And yes. then you have your overreaction of anger, defensiveness, um, you know, the anxiety and everything. So let's go with defensive. Okay. So when he's storming around the house, ripping off Christmas lights, getting in your face saying, you know, I'm only here for 24 hours and you were supposed to keep up on the house. And why haven't you done all these things? Like, what is that main thought coming to your head that's leading you to that defensiveness? What would you say? Um, like he, he's ridiculous. <laughs> like yeah. that's kind of what I think. Like what, what's happening? I don't know. I'm at first I'm just confused. Like, wait, what is happening? What is so bad that's occurring right now? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I guess a little confused in the beginning and then it, it kind of turns to anger because mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, this, why are you doing, why are you doing this? Like, yeah. We, and so, I, yeah. Is there, I mean, is there a thought so many that, emotions. yeah, for sure. Is there a thought that comes to your mind that's kind of that justification about you? Like, is there a thought about like, I do so much or something about oh, totally. Like, what's a yes. thought that comes about me? I like try to, let's try to get a thought in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, my you oh, to sorry. defensive, sorry. Oh yeah. So my first thought, I mean, that helps me to kind of clarify yeah. that a bit if I say that. And um, my first thought is um, like, I've, I've done everything I possibly am humanly capable of. I've done <laughs> like, everything. Yeah. Literally. Like I, I can't ask myself. I, f I feel like I have done everything I can do. I put it yeah. all on the table and whatever was left is because there's not enough hours or uh, physical energy to do it. Yeah, for sure. You're like, I'm just one woman, honey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I've done and, everything I'm possibly humanly capable of. Like, so he yeah. starts rampaging and while you're thinking thoughts like, this is crazy, he's ridiculous, you're like, I've done everything. And it's like, another one that you said is like, nothing's ever good enough. Like, it's never going to be enough. Yes. Does that kind of come oh. to your head in this oh, that's, moment yes. too? That, that always comes into my head, yeah, like, that thought. And it's like more proof, like him rampaging around yes. is you're like, see, here's more proof that like, I've done so much and it's still not good enough. Like nothing will yes. ever be good enough. And that's a really powerful like thought. Nothing is ever good enough. Um, because you can see how it's very simple and feels really pretty true in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. And I can see how it would take you straight to that defensive, like I do so much, yes. but nothing's ever good enough, you know, and it takes you straight to that. I'm right. He's wrong. You know, this will never work. We have this, these big problems. You know, it's a very powerful, it's a very powerful thought that's lead, that I can see that's leading you to that defensive feeling for sure. Yeah. That one okay. So we're every time. Yeah. We're, we're still in the moment. We're thinking, man, nothing, I do so much and nothing's ever good enough for him, which you're, you're just swimming in defensiveness. Okay. You're right in that moment. And then what actions are you taking? We know what he's been doing. He's ripping things off the wall and he needs to be like headed to the airport, but yet he's making this huge deal about these small things. But what, what actions do you take right in that moment? 
So I like disconnect, like completely disconnect, distance myself from him. And usually I get very emotional. Okay. And when you, um, when you are feeling defensive, do you find yourself trying to explain yourself, justify anything like that? Like you said, then you're like, well, it must, you know, this, I should take this on me. Like this is my fault. Like that illogical brain is offering you that, you know? Yes. I, I use like justifying your, your actions or do you just kind of shut down and let him just go crazy? I used to justify my actions, but I don't anymore. Now I'm just, I'm silent and I'm just done. Like I have nothing to offer to this right now (laughs) because I'm so upset. I don't want to engage in it. I, because usually like when I do engage, it just blows up even more. Mm. Um, whether or not I, I mean, I'm sure I'm, I'm not responding correct, you know, in a a productive manner and it just makes it worse. So, so yeah, now I'm just like completely disconnect, shut down, shut off, just cold. Okay. So I want to just dig into this little part here and then I want to actually talk about boundaries for a minute if you're okay with that. Um, When he is doing what he's doing and we're thinking of it in our logical brains, when he is on the roof at 6 a.m. and, you know, kind of rampaging around, right? And illogically you're thinking, okay, this is crazy and I'm not safe. But logically you're like, okay, he's just kind of like having a freak out, but like, like you, you don't physically like feel in danger, right? I mean, is that correct? No, I physically do not feel in danger. Okay. So when, like one thing I think is so awesome about life coaching is, um, it feels like, and I, I can see, I'm interested to see how this plays out in your marriage because it feels like you both have to make changes to find that new success in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that our brain is like, okay, well, I'm going to make changes and then he needs to make changes and then our relationship will be okay. Right. What is fascinating to me is you can have the exact relationship you want no matter what they do. And I, I know this is one I've been working on because <laughs> my brain super resists that idea. <laughs> right. And my, it wants um, justice, right? Like, that's what I feel like. Well, if yes, I'm going to do my part, he's got to exactly. do Exactly. If I'm going to work so hard, he better be working <laughs> equally as hard for us both to be managing our minds so we can have a perfect relationship. <laughs> but what's amazing is, so like, my husband has very little interest in all of this. He, he's fine for me, like, sharing some of my experience with him, but he doesn't ever really want to have a discussion. He's not really interested in his own, you know, uh, wellness and mental health. I mean, he's, he's fine. He just, he kind of, anyway. Right. So I, my brain keeps saying like, alert, he has to care too. Otherwise you can't have like the, the relationship you're now going to try to go for now that you have all this new information. And so I've just been calming my brain down and saying like, <laughs> he can do anything he wants and I can still make my relationship what I want it to be. And my brain is totally resisting me on it, but it's something I'm working on. So what I want to look into this is why is it a problem that he is mad that things aren't done? Now, now I'm not saying he should be able to treat you any way he wants because we're going to go to those boundaries and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying like, is, why is it a problem for you that he's mad that the Christmas lights are up? Um, I, he can be mad. Like, that's not a problem for me, mm-hmm. but when he tries to make it like my problem, mm-hmm. when he's coming and yelling at me and, and like hurting our relationship over it, mm-hmm. then that's what I have a problem with. 
Um, so, so it's, I mean, he can be mad. That's fine. But he, but it's, it's not enough for him to just be mad about it. Like he has to like, see that I am like detrimentally upset about it too. (laughs) Or, or for him to let it go, he has to see that, okay, you know, she's clearly extremely upset about it. Okay. Now I've done my job Mm -hmm. and made her feel bad. Okay, now I can move on to the next thing. What else has she done wrong? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so what would happen if it if you were to find a place where it didn't upset you? Like where he if he could get as mad at you as he wanted, almost like a toddler throwing a tantrum, right? Like mm-hmm. he could be so angry that the lights aren't down, he could be holding the lights in your face saying, This is all your fault. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I'm not I'm not saying how or, or what yet, but if you were able to be in a place where that was just not even a problem at all, because the reason why we get to that hurt in my experience is because we're worried they're right. Yes. So if you were to get to a place where you had your own back enough to know that you have done amazing on this deployment. And like you said, you've done everything humanly possible. Like if you were to truly believe that, then him saying you didn't do enough could not hurt you because you know, you've done enough. Yes. See that idea? So like mm-hmm. what's really interesting about um, setting boundaries and um, about that idea is, and one reason I am just like ready with this is because I've been pondering this so much as well, just for my own relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's, we think that the behavior has to stop for us to feel better. Mm-hmm. But what's so hard about that is that's us trying to control somebody else. And so if our success in our relationship or in us feeling good is based on somebody else's actions, like we're going to suffer every time. So if the only way you've done enough, if the only way you can believe that you've done enough, this deployment is for him to come up to you and say, everything you did is amazing and you've done enough. And now you have permission to believe you've done enough. And he's definitely not going to do that because he's just superhuman and he's super stressed and he's home for 24 hours and he feels like, I mean, there's so much going on in his model that we're not even, we shouldn't go into, but you know, he's probably thinking I've (laughs) failed my family. When I leave for a year, they're deserted. And now look, the Christmas lights are still up and that's my job. And I should have done that. And the only way he knows how to communicate that is to yell at you and say, it's your fault. (laughs) When really probably on the inside, he's blaming himself. You know, there's so much going on in his model. We're not even going to go to. And so that's like, have you heard the concept of like holding the space? Mm -mm. So um, Brooke talks about this and she says, it's like, it's when we're willing to hold the space for the people around us, it's like we, it's like a wild animal in a cage. So we're safe. That's part of it. We're safe because the wild Mm -hmm. animal's in the cage, but they are thrashing and howling and screaming because they're working through something that we don't, you know, it's, it's their models, it's their brain. And we, we have our own back. And so nothing they're doing or saying can hurt us if we know that we can take care of our own selves and believe what we want to believe about ourselves. So the behavior, you while staying safe because they're in the cage, you're going to hold that cage for them, hold that space for them to do and be whatever they need to be, but you've got you, which is interesting because we tend to resist a little bit, um, just that whole concept. I know I do. Um, yeah. Again, because we think, how could we allow them to do and be whatever they want to be? Because what if they take advantage of us? What if they're hurting us? What if, so again, a big part yeah. of it is being safe. But what I love about the boundaries are you, we want to set a boundary of you have to stop blaming me for things or this marriage isn't going to work. Some boundary like that. But the real healthy boundary is if you keep yelling at me, 
I'm just going to leave the house till you calm down. And so it's the, it's the if then instead of you have to stop or because it's the if you continue with this behavior that I'm not okay with, then I will take an action to protect myself. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's like sometimes I'll see myself, I, I relate it to children a lot because I'll see myself saying to my two-year-old, you have to stop screaming. And, and I want them to, and I wish they weren't screaming, but like that's, in that moment, that's the best they have to offer me for whatever reason. And so then I just say, if you keep screaming at me, then you have to go take a break in your bedroom so that I get some space from the screaming. You can keep screaming, right? Like, does that, is that resonating with you at all? Does that make some sense? Oh, totally. It's, it's so powerful. It's life-changing for me. Like, life-changing. Yeah. I just want to show you, as we finish this model, you basically have your circumstance is, my husband was home for 24 hours, and we know what happened in those 24 hours. Your thought is, I do so much and nothing's ever good enough, okay? Mm-hmm which leads you to feeling defensive, which leads you to disconnect, shut down, become emotional, and and all in a disproportionate way in comparison to how he's being disproportionate, right? We see that overreaction. And so then what would you say is your result? And um, I think we've talked about this before in my dinner parties, but usually the result or the, the result is often proving the thought true. And it's kind of like we pointed out, like if you were to believe that you had done what you were supposed to do on the deployment, then when he was saying you haven't done enough, then it wouldn't be a problem for you. But I think what you worry about is maybe he's right. Maybe I didn't do enough. Maybe I let him down again, maybe, or something like that. And so I wonder if your result is that you didn't, like that you, you didn't do enough. Like nothing's ever good enough. And the result is it's, you know, it's true in your mind, not actually true. So but you, you tell me if you have any thoughts there. Okay. Uh, you know, I, uh, I, I really feel like I, I have been doing enough. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe I haven't been doing enough, but I feel, I really just feel like I, I can't do any more. Okay. So I, you know, and, and maybe like, I, I did resonate with the, that though. What you were saying though, is that I, I maybe don't have that belief deep enough. Like when I think about it right now, like I think, well, yeah, I, I know I'm, I know I'm doing a good job. Like I just, yeah. I do, but why, but then why did I get so upset? Right. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah. is that, maybe I don't feel that as deep as I need to, or I, or I still, I'm still allowing him to have too much of a hold on me. I, mm. I, my primitive brain is still letting me like slip back mm. in those cases. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Cause like right now when you say that, I'm like, no, I don't feel like the result is I'm not doing enough. Okay. So what um, was your result I, maybe just right in the moment? Like in right in the moment when you were so feeling, it, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I don't know if this would be the, I don't know if this is considered a result, but an unhappy marriage. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like a like, marriage like I don't, suffers. Yeah. And like, I, it almost like I hate being married. Like yeah. I, I don't, I don't like this. This is not fun. <laughs> right. And it feels and like probably for both of you, like we can't go on this way. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, for sure. But for you to both be able to like take that step back, you know, he goes back to Iraq and then you're both like, well, I mean, mostly he was saying, sorry, I don't know what you were doing, but you can both see like, okay, he freaked out. I kind of freaked out. No wonder we're like not liking yeah. this marriage thing. We're both freaking out about small things. Yes. And so that's, that's what you can get a hold on for sure. I think that's a great result because it's saying like nothing's ever good enough. And then like the result is your marriage isn't good enough, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I think that's really good. We, our brain automatically says, if we get hurt by someone, our brain automatically says, this is the place where I need to set a boundary so I won't get hurt anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is true. But I would say more often than not, 
it actually isn't. And this is, Brooke will call this um, emotional adulthood. So when we're an emotional child, that's when we let people hurt our feelings. Now, what's interesting about that is I'm not saying we should let people treat us any way. Like there's an interesting line to be drawn here. And this is why I spend so much time pondering about this. But it's like when he says, this is your fault and you let that be hurtful to you. Mm -hmm. When he shouldn't speak to you that way, but you have the power to let that not mean anything about you. If you have your own back, this, and this is different than a boundary. This is different than a boundary. This is what they call emotional adulthood. I am really working on this myself. If you have your own back and you've been practicing believing things about yourself, then nothing anybody says or does can threaten that belief you have about yourself. Like you said, I'm not sure if I've done enough, but I believe that I've done everything that I physically could. So somewhere there's a belief that is that you could work on of like my offering is enough. And even though like, it's almost like you had to work yourself to the bone for your offering to be enough. But what if you did half as much as you did and you still, it's available to you to believe that that was enough. Like you didn't have to stay up till 2am. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't have again. I'm just telling you all these things are available to you. Even if you hadn't stayed up till 2am, your offering could still be enough if you just decided that it was. So having your own back is believing things about yourself that nobody can threaten with their words. Okay. So when our brain says, oh, they hurt us, we need a boundary. What you need to check in on or what what you can check in on is, am I hurt because there's been harm, like physical, emotional, mental, any kind of abuse, like literally like harm. Okay. Or am I hurt because I let his words mean something about me? or let that action he did, or, some, or a coworker. It's not always a husband, it's anyone, really. If, if you were hurt because you let their words or their actions mean something about you that is available to you to believe is not true, then that is you letting them have responsibility over your emotions instead of you having responsibility about your emotions. And so that is work for you to do, which is really interesting because we, our primitive brain wants it to be someone else's fault, right? Just like he wants it yeah. to be your fault, that it's the light. Like that's what's so interesting is you dive into what's happening in your brain, you're actually getting a pretty good clear view of why he's having the same problems. He wants yeah. it to be your fault, but he really doesn't. He's so upset that it's his fault, his brain just freaks out and blames it on you or whatever. Anyway, we don't we don't yes. we don't want to spend too much time guessing what's happening in his <laughs> model, except to just have a little understanding of like, I can see why he's losing his mind, because I'm kind of losing my mind too, you know. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so if there has been harm done, and we don't always mean like physical harm, it can be, you know, emotionally abusive or mentally abusive or sexually abusive or physically abusive, or even just if you're going to more like a neighbor who wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to abuse you, but might do something like uh, come into your house without knocking. That's invasive. Like, do you see what I mean? It doesn't have to always be like <laughs> literally abuse or harm, but you try right. to find that line for yourself harm and invasiveness and intrusiveness over I've just let them hurt me because I need to work on what I believe about myself. Okay, so that's the line that you draw. And if it is harm, that is when a boundary is needed. And that's the only time. And it's hardly ever that, which is really interesting. So a boundary is is like we said, a boundary is if you continue with this crazy behavior that is harming me, like say he's throwing chairs against the wall. Like I would consider that potentially physical harm. He hasn't harmed you yet, but you feel like legitimately in danger. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then you would say, if you decide to throw chairs against the wall, then I'm going to take the kids out of the house till you calm down. 
And it doesn't mean you would never take further action than that. But what we think we need to do to set a boundary is you have to stop throwing chairs against the wall. Mm-hmm. But the only way we're successful with that is if they actually stop and they probably won't because they're working, they're the, they're the wild animal in the cage, right? Mm-hmm. And so then we don't need anything from them. Just we know if they decide to do this behavior, like if it's your neighbor walking in without knocking and you say, you know, I really need you to knock. And then you say, if you, if you keep walking in, I just have to lock the door. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it can yeah. go as intense as throwing chairs in the wall or even as simple as that, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's the harm. Do you have any questions about that? Um, no. Okay. So maybe let's see. Okay. No, I, that's, I think that covered it because you said, even if it's like, you know, emotional, you feel like emotionally abused or anything like that. It's like, if you call me horrible names, then I'm not going to live here anymore. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, or or like maybe they only call you horrible names when they're drunk or something. And you say, if you decide to get drunk and call me horrible names, then I'm going to go get a hotel for a day till you're not drunk anymore. Or, you know, and, and it, right. again, it doesn't mean you would never take more action than that, but that's you protecting yourself in that moment. That's the boundary. Okay. Got it. And then, and then when you are safe and when they're not drunk, then you might say, I don't want to have to go to a hotel once a week. Like, what can we do about this? And if there's, mm-hmm. if that's when you're working on the problem. And if there's nothing to be done, that might be when you take further action. Mm-hmm. But what we okay. do immediately is they have to stop calling me horrible names or we're getting divorced. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, and so then yeah. they keep calling you horrible names. And you're like, oh, now I have to get divorced. I don't have other choices, you know, or whatever it is. Right. So okay, that's you, that's yeah. really interesting. Sorry, I just want to no, clarify. No. So yeah. So um. So I think that's you know maybe part of my uh, my issue in my over I'm overreacting and I need to clarify what needs to be just holding space. Yeah. Holding the space and what needs to be a boundary. Like they're yeah. two different things. And they really are. For, for two different, you know, for, for different situations. Well, and that's what we're going to talk about in this next part. And I think that'll, that'll bring it home for you. And then, and then, I mean, unless you have, do you have another question right now? No, I just love the holding the space. And oh, I can't it's so wait good. to like learn more about that. Yes. And Brooke has some great podcasts on, and Jody on holding the space on emotional childhood and emotional adulthood, just all of this stuff where you, cause what you need to find is what feels, what actually feels like it needs a boundary. Where's that harm line? And then yeah. the way I classify the second half of things where most of the problems fall is annoying. Now that word is a little interesting because like when he's screaming in your face that it's your fault, it feels like that's more than annoying. But if you kind of put it in that frame of mind of like a toddler throwing a tantrum, if it means nothing about you, then it honestly is just annoying. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. I mean, there's, again, there's something as simple as them just like leaving their socks out every day, which is super annoying. And everyone would just call that annoying. And then there's something as much as, I mean, if he's just like, this is where you, you have to decide where your line is. You can say, okay, I can handle, I can hold the space for him having a tantrum and then I won't hold the, uh, and then I, and then I'll set my boundary and I'll leave if it goes to like, oh, he's cussing me out or he's threatening yes. to hurt me. Like, you know, you can find where that line is for you. Right. But like, honestly, to, to change a lot of what he does that feels dangerous to just annoying is really interesting. And yeah. instead of, and, and your brain's going to be like, well, that's so disempowering because that means he can just treat me however he wants. But it's actually completely empowering because you've realized yeah. that he has no control over your emotions. You do with your thoughts. Yes. Your thoughts equal your emotions. You decide what emotions you want to have, what you want to believe about yourself. And if you can lean all in on those beliefs and practice believing them so that they are so strong inside you, then his words will not have the power to hurt you because you won't be worried he's right. Yes. You will know and you are right and he's just throwing a tantrum. 
Right. And something I love about that too is it will de-escalate it, right? Like it will de-escalate it like immediately. When you think, oh, oh this is annoying, then yes. it's like, just versus, annoying. Like, like, yeah. I can handle that annoying. Awesome. Like he's just being crazy. It's just annoying, you know? Like like it's it's a really interesting idea. Okay. So totally. the second half in the annoying category, the the way that I've been mulling over this category is when your partner or your neighbor or your coworker does something that's annoying or your child, right? You can and should make requests of them all day long to stop doing the annoying things. But the key is the way it doesn't just escalate back into a fight or put you back into emotional childhood is you are making these requests, wanting them, wanting the results of that you're asking for without needing it to be happy. Okay. So that that thought right there just blows my mind open. So like, again, we can go as simple as he leaves his socks on the ground every day. And you can say, honey, I really need you to put your socks away. And you can know whether he puts them away or not. You've still got you, right? So that's the wanting it without needing to be happy. Like we're allowed to want anything we want, but if we need them to do something for us to be happy, that's when we have let go of that power again. Mm -hmm. And so basically if they don't do it, we can say, okay, well, we made our wants known. We knew there was a chance they would do it or not do it. I don't need them to do it for me to be happy. And now I'm either just going to clean them up, find a way that I can work with that, or I'm just going to leave them there till he does. Do you know what I mean? That's as simple as mm-hmm. the socks. But then if you go to as intense as like, he's telling me it's my fault every time he's, like you said, when he doesn't have an emotion he knows how to deal with, he takes it out on me. Okay. So this is a little, this is close to the edge of that harm. Like not, you know, like you have to decide the line, right? Right. And so say you decide most of what he does is just on the annoying side. He's just throwing a tantrum and I can just hold the space. And, and, and that doesn't mean because that, that pattern that you would go to before was your brain wants to say like, Oh, it's your responsibility. You need to take this on, you know, all that. That's not holding the space. No. Holding the space is letting him throw the tantrum and not, and not that it doesn't, not that it doesn't even affect you, but it doesn't mean anything about you. You know what I mean when I say that? Like, right. Yes. Right. And it's so funny how we can, we can make that disconnect with someone we're not as close to, right? Because I just imagine yeah. like, what if this was somebody I didn't know? I could care less. Like, oh, I'd be yeah. like, you know, like, it's easy to hold this space, you know, for someone you don't even know. But, yeah. but like, that kind of helps me relate, like, to yeah. what I need to do with him too. Like, well, it would not emotionally stir me up at all if someone I didn't know or care about was saying this stuff. I just be because like, their opinion okay. would hold no weight over you, but his opinion yes. holds weight over you in that he is so important to you and you love him and you care what he thinks about you, but yes. you can want him to think you've done enough without needing him to think you've done enough to be happy. You see how that mm-hmm. sentence plays in? Yeah. So like you can even say like, I've done so much and it would mean a lot to me if you could take a minute to walk around with me and look at all the things I've done while you were gone. And that's that request where I want you yeah. to see how much I've done. But if you never acknowledge it and never see it, see my efforts the way I w- wish you would, I still won't make that mean anything about me. So that's where your relationship is completely in your control because yeah. even though your brain is like, well, the ideal relationship is where the husband notices everything the wife does, right? Mm-hmm. But that again, the success of that is based on his actions. And that's when yeah. you fail every time. We have to base the success of our relationship on our actions, mm-hmm. but while still having our own back and staying safe. Those things are always playing in there because our yeah. brain is like, but that's how I get taken advantage of. That's how I, you know, it's wanting you to stay safe. So it's going to resist a lot of this. And this just takes some practice and implementing. 
Sorry, a little bit more in the annoyances section. So if something falls under the annoyances category, we make requests for it to stop wanting it without needing it to be happy. Okay. okay. We, this is a huge one for me. I have an, I do so much like, okay, so here's, here's one I've been mulling over. My love language is verbal affirmations. And I feel like I just work so hard every day. And all I want from Brad is for him to come home and see everything I've done and thank me for everything and just like worship me basically. I mean, like that's a little <laughs> funny, but like yeah. he comes home and the house is just clean and dinner's made and all the babies are just like everything. And I just think, can you believe this amazing thing <laughs> I've done for you? Right. And that was when I was coming to him with like just gaping holes, like fill up my holes with all of your verbal affirmations. Right. <laughs> but what, what has changed it for me and actually having a nanny is what really showed this to me. And I'll, I'll tell you this in a second. What has changed it for me is I figured out that I need to thank myself. Like I spend time every day that I think about it. I spend time reviewing what I've done and just like high-fiving myself and saying like, you are such a killer wife. Look at all this amazing stuff you did. You're such a great mom. Look at these kids. Like I just thank myself. Like I worship myself. Okay. And then <laughs> yes. what's amazing is, what's amazing is then when I go to Brad and I say like, I did so much today. And he's like, thanks. That's enough <laughs> because I'm not going yeah. in with these gaping holes of like, make me feel better. Make me make all my efforts seem worth it. Right. I yes. think myself, like I think myself all day long. And then I don't go to him with these gaping holes that need to be filled that he can't possibly fill. You know, your yeah. thought of nothing's ever good enough. I have mm -hmm. a sneaky suspicion that your husband might feel that way too about you. Yeah. I'm just sure. guessing. I don't know. But if, if, you know, here you've done all these things and all he can see are the things you didn't do. And he's just like, man, no, no amount of like, you're just both kind of feeling the same way, which is so interesting. Yeah. I, I'm again, I'm totally. Just that. Okay. So then, no. Yeah. You well, thank yourself. All day long. Sure. You figure out what your needs are, you meet them. And then when you go to them and make your requests from just wanting you without needing to be happy, because you should still want him to thank you, right? For whatever you do. Uh -huh. But you, but I call it, it's like the frosting on the cupcake. Like you have taken care of your cupcake. There are no holes in your cupcake. It's full, complete and beautiful. Then you go up to your husband and you say like, look at, look at this huge project I just finished. And he's like, that looks amazing, babe. And that's just a nice glob of frosting on top that just makes your cupcake <laughs> taste better. But but he didn't have to make your cupcake. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you totally. took care of that. And it's so empowering because our brain is like, no, they're supposed to make our cupcake. But like, what a horrible mm -hmm. setup for like failure, right? Like, <laughs> they don't know how to make our cupcake. We do. Anyway, okay. So like, there's one more component. Awesome. We create tons of drama in our brain in this annoyance category. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm um, back in your model. You both can see the overreactions. You can see both of the overreactions which I actually really like to just call drama. It's a little bit like, like calling the, the problems annoyances instead of like problems and then calling the overreactions or whatever, just kind of like drama that you both created. You took something that was small and you added drama, right? Like mm -hmm. making it mean all yeah. kinds of things it doesn't mean. He's doing it and you're doing it and all of a sudden it's just exploding with drama. Like drama to me puts it, I like to trivialize things almost like with the annoyances, with the drama, with thinking of, him yelling at you almost just like a toddler throwing a fit. Like you just kind of need to descale it so that you don't feel like you're in danger so that you don't feel like my marriage is must be over, you know, because we're fighting every time, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, so I like to call it drama because one thing that causes huge drama or, or can quickly lead to you adding drama to a situation is if you plan, or if you, I gotta say this right, if you hope it'll never happen again and then it happens again. 
you immediately mm-hmm. just double the drama of a situation. Oh, yes. Okay, so you have both made strides while he's been on the deployment, you and your mental health, him and his mental health, and now you have to learn how to come back together again. But your brain, especially because you were on vacation with him and that went pretty well, but being home is so different, and you know that. Because oh, yeah. All of a sudden, there's Christmas lights and garbage dates, <laughs> you know, diapers and whatever. Home is so much different than vacation, right? So your sneaky little brain said, like, maybe we're never going to fight again. Maybe he's never going to blame you for something again. Like, even though logically you're like, yeah, sure, we're married, we're going to fight. But your sneaky brain tried to offer you this little (laughs) lie of, like, we've come so far and maybe we'll never do it again, right? And then it happened again. Your brain went double drama. Like, it just went, it's happening again. He's so ridiculous. Nothing's ever good enough. And you just went right back into that rabbit hole. And just drama, 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 okay? So one thing that I found is just the perfect antithesis to doubling that drama in in this annoying category is planning on it going the poor way. Okay, so I'm going to give you a funny example that, again, just de-escalates it. Okay, so imagine, did I have ever talked to you about the spit up, like babies? Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) Okay, okay, this is my favorite analogy because... If you plan on your baby spitting up on you, then it is no big deal. But if you are like, oh, I hope she never spits up on me again, and then she spits up on you, and you're like, oh, she spit up on me, and it just doubles the drama, right? Mm -hmm. And like, logically, you understand, like, she might spit up on me for a year and a half, but like, eventually, she's going to stop. Like, we don't know how long it'll go, right? So same with like annoying things. Like, he might blame me until he's worked on his mental health for three more years until he finally realizes like, blaming me doesn't do anything for him, right? Yeah. And I know how to hold the space for three years. I know how to have a burp cloth for three years, right? <laughs> like, like you don't know the time, but like there somehow yeah. there is a time frame somewhere in there and you just won't get to know it. And that's the problem. But you plan on it happening until one day it stops or at least it lessens and lessens until finally it could actually stop, right? But yeah. your brain is going to say like, maybe it'll never happen again. You're like, no, it's okay, brain. It's for sure going to happen again. Like, mm. and so then when he starts blaming you, it's like almost going to be funny to you. Like I'm, I'm predicting when you just look at it as like, just kind of annoying and like, I'm just going to hold the cage while he just rattles it around. And I know it doesn't mean anything about me or our marriage even really. And it's almost going to like, you're just going to like smile inside almost. I don't know. I'm making that. that yeah. Guess yeah. No, your sure. drama is just going to be cut down by like two thirds. If you are just like, I knew this, you know, and it's not even like, uh-huh. oh, I knew we were going to fight again. And now we're fighting. Cause that's almost like a pessimistic thing, but you're right. like, oh, this is what we do. Something yeah. comes up. We fight about it. He blames me and I don't let it, I don't make it mean anything about me. Like that's your new pattern, right? Mm-hmm. And he, but like, that's what's so cool about that is you have all the success no matter what he does, right? right. Like him rattling the cage doesn't mean, oh, my plan's not working or my mental health work isn't working. And he's going to continue to keep blaming you for things or whatever, all these similar problems that you have lined up uh-huh. and you're going to plan on it happening. Like, isn't that awesome. so weird? <laughs> that well it's but i love that our my brain just it's even still tries to resist it like how can i plan on him being the worst but like (laughs) to see it play out and to not like so i've practiced it on like my kids or my nanny or whatever and (laughs) i've kind of gotten a glimpse but the most powerful relationship is our spouse like for sure Mm -hmm. because we're peers with them and we're married to them and we love them right and it's where we are going to put the most of our work without being exhausted because what you're exhausted your exhaustion right now is coming from like i thought we were never going to fight again and here we are still fighting 
right? Like, oh, totally, totally. It's it's a roller. It makes it a roller coaster, right? It, totally. You're you're like up here high, like yes, we've done yeah. it, we overcame it, and then it happens again, and you're like, and and I feel like it's not just going down the roller coaster again. I feel like you go down deeper, like you said, yeah. it doubles the drama. Oh yeah, it doubles, and so I I love that. I oh yeah, and, but so and the much. only thing making you feel like you like you said like we're back at zero. You said that to me at one point. Like that's just a thought for you, and you can run a model on that. Like when he when you had that big fight and then he left again, you're like, well, we're just back to zero. Like your brain is offering that thought because it's saying, stop working so hard, stop trying. Like mm-hmm. have I talked to you about how like our brain is trying to keep us safe? It's offering us this this report of like, see, you did all this work and now you're just back at zero or even less than zero. You said, and yeah. so it wants you to stop working so hard. And that's why it's trying to like really show you how it's not working that you're working, but it's totally working. All your work you're doing yeah. is like through the roof working. You're a different woman than you were a year ago. I don't even know you a year ago. I just oh, know that. for sure. I just know oh, that. Yeah. I mean, he's different too. And so, oh yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. like our marriage looks nothing like it did. See, and, and so he, that's why it's, it's, yeah, that's why you can't, I can't get up. I'm like, well, we're, we are moving forward. Like there's yeah. no question. Yeah. So yeah, that's why this is. You're like, how could this this old fight play out exactly what it's always played out if we've moved forward, right? Yeah. So your brain's like, see, it didn't work. You should both just quit, right? Uh huh. But you're like, no, brain, we're okay because success, us moving forward, is still going to look like fighting for a while, right? Like it's still going to be the cage rattling for all. That has nothing to do with. It's kind of like when you're trying to lose weight and you go like a week without losing weight, and then you're like, I might as well just stop dieting, right? But you're like, no. Yeah. My, my weight loss right now looks like I'm just not losing any weight for a little bit, but then it'll come again. Or, you know, it's just like that, that's how you eliminate the drama and eliminate the roller coasters. Like he might still go on the roller coaster. That's totally fine. There's no problem with that. But then is off the roller coaster, right? Like, yeah. cause yes. you're just practicing believing what you believe about yourself. Oh, it's all so good. I love that you wanted to talk about this. Cause I was like, I feel so many things about this. Oh, totally. And I am just, this is, the biggest thing in my mind right now if I can get my head wrapped around it then I think so many other things will absolutely and with with them coming home like there's so much there's so much there of like okay we've got to learn how to live together again like we've both worked so hard we like want to enjoy this you have like kind of like a honeymoon phase when they get home and you don't want to like go right back to the fighting and then what does that mean about our marriage like but for you to just neutralize it all and just yeah. like it's, a, it's a new start it's like oh, a yeah. new start and just that even will the still physical, include fighting right like it'll still yep, include exactly overreactions and, yes, and you well, might it's even a new sorry go ahead, oh, sorry, go ahead. no I'm I was gonna say it's a it's a new thing for me to uh, it's a new start for me to learn to hold space oh, and yeah. to to understand the difference between boundaries holding space totally. annoyance de-escalating yes. not going on this roller coaster so i to assume yeah really the situation is going to be the same oh, or the yeah. circumstance is going to be the same but like i'm not going to be <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly well and what i love to call it is it makes things almost just like a non-issue like it seems like such a big yeah. problem mine but you're like oh no we fight and that's totally fine like he's just gonna keep <sighs> blaming me for stuff for like two more years <laughs> and it's just no problem at all and then he's gonna be like man why that. isn't she shutting down and presenting me and all the things <laughs> like he's gonna be so confused why you're not playing out your part because you're just totally right. like off the roller coaster like no big deal oh my gosh just i'll just that's... hold the cage and you can just freak out and work through your own mind models and all the things you're making it mean about yourself and it doesn't mean anything about me and another thing that I want to help you know you got to watch your sneaky brain 
because mm-hmm. you're going to have days where for some reason you get back on the roller coaster, right? Yeah. Oh, you're going to sure. have a fight where you get, just get right back in the mud and you totally overreact and you just think the only way this is going to work is if you change because I know I'm all better and you're not, you know, and then yeah. you're just going to like, you're going to like an hour later, you're going to be like, huh, I did it again. Okay. So here's uh-huh. what's been really powerful for me lately. I can't remember if we talked about this the night of your dinner party, but with mental health and health or mind management, there's no going back to zero. Okay. So this is, this is something that I've been studying because it's really important to me. We live in a world where there's a bandwagon, right? Like if I'm on, if I'm on a diet and I cheat, then I might as well quit my diet. Right. Or if, if we were working so hard and then we fought exactly like we used to fight, then we're back at zero or even lower. Like we just live in this world of that's a really easy thought for us to find the bandwagon thought, right? Like, Mm -hmm. or, or like, you know, that funny sign when that worked, like, a hundred days without an injury. And then if you get an injury, you're back at zero days without an injury. (laughs) Instead of just being like out of 365, we've only had one day with an injury or you know what I mean? Like we go back to zero. Like that's just the way our sneaky brain works. And so if you have a day where you go back to the overreactions, the shutdown, the emotional, the silent, the cold, all those things, it does not take you back to zero on your work. And your brain is going to say, oh, Robin, you knew better and now you're back to zero. And you're going to say, no, it's okay, brain. Here's what I like to call it. I like to say, today I indulged in a little overreacting. Mm. Okay, so I just say like, Today I was exhausted or I was all spent on the kids. And so I just indulged in a little overreacting with my husband and tomorrow I'm going to be right back at it. Like you didn't like how it felt. You didn't like that you did it, but it means nothing about your progress. You don't go back to zero. You just indulged in a little coldness or a little shutdownness or a little distance. And then you you remembered why you don't do that anymore because you're like, I did not like how that felt. Right. And then you're like, but it's okay. I just did it today. And I'll be just, I'll be right back on like even like three hours from now. You don't have to say like, I'll be right back on tomorrow. You can be like, I indulged. It's like eating chocolate, right? Like I just indulged in a little chocolate and I remember that chocolate makes me feel sick or whatever. And then you're just right back on your diet and, and you didn't, there's no bandwagon. Awesome. So be kind to yeah. yourself when you have days where you indulge because okay. those patterns are very powerful inside you and your automatic brain is very powerful, but you are retraining your automatic brain to go down a new path mm-hmm. and it takes time and you never go back to zero. Every time you do it the new way, every time you just hold space instead of overreacting, that path is getting stronger and stronger mm. and stronger and it will become easier and more automatic and more automatic over cool. time. Hey, wow. <laughs> Can you tell us this is a topic I have researched myself? I just, I think about this one a lot. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Thank you. Totally I really amazing. enjoyed working with you today on that. Get kind of some more notes that you can like refer to and be like, okay, just hold yeah. this space. Just He's just rattling the cage. Like you're just going to, you're coming up with these new thoughts that are just going to take you to that place of like, this is a non-issue. Yes, like I've sure. got, okay. I've got me, you know, these are new models. You're going to start running. See, we didn't even go into the intentional model. We just really focused on the mm-hmm. unintentional model because gaining that understanding over like my thoughts are creating this defensive feeling, this scared feeling, this exhausted feeling. And so he doesn't have to stop what he's doing for me to feel defensive, not feel defensive. I have to change my thoughts. And so these new models you're going to run are like, he can rattle the cage and it's fine because I've got me or whatever. These are your new thoughts that are going to create a completely new model for you. And that's what you're running, you know, running with. Okay. Okay. Thank you for listening and making time in your day. If this podcast resonates with you, send an email to jessie at simplyresilient.net. 
to schedule a free mini session and see if working with me would be a great fit for you. Remember, when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental warrior. You've got this. I'll talk to you soon. Over and out.